Timo Sazo, and I'm sitting here with Scott Red. Um, and this is going to be the last of our summer short series. Um, so, Scott, I want to ask you um, a little while ago, you wrote a piece on seven reasons to study theology. Can you, can you tell us a little bit of uh, what led you to write that, and what are some reasons that anyone in their right mind would um, spend time and resources and energy? in um, studying theology, especially at a graduate level. Yeah, thanks. First of all, I can't believe it's the end of the summer shorts. This this summer has gone by with lightning speed. I was looking outside today, and there's some way, something about the way the sun hits the earth, like the angle of it in the late summer, and it just feels it feels like it's getting on, but I can't believe I don't remember anything happening. It seems like the, the summer just blew by, but... That is a great question, though, about why to study theology. And it actually came out of my experience up here as a professor and president here at RTSDC, where I kept finding myself having the conversation both in class and with people who I was meeting, you know, as we had moved up to the D.C. area and people asking, like, what do you do? And having to explain why I do what I do. And there is something about theology. I think there's a there's a bit of a maybe an anti-intellectualism that you run into in the church where people wonder like why do you spend all your time like this is kind of an outdated or irrelevant um, pursuit and no doubt there probably is a good bit of theology that would fit that description. And yet I think when you think about pro- you know theology properly understood you realize there's actually quite a lot of good rationale uh, for why we study God's Word and, uh, to use John Frame's term, why we study God's Word and apply it to situations in life. And I tried to delve in with this little piece in kind of a, a short, brief way, just sort of an introduction on how to deal with that question. You know, why study theology? Why apply God's Word to the situations that arise in the human life? And I came up with uh, seven different uh propositions. Uh, this was back at a time where I feel like there were a lot more listicles getting play, you know, posted online. <laughs> and uh, so I was, I was definitely jumping into that genre. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to talk through all of them, but I will highlight a couple that I still think about a good bit. Um, the first one is this, is that God is, has invited us to study him. He invites us to know him. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of my intro to theology and pastoral studies class, we start with the story of the garden and how God reveals himself to humanity and he expects humanity to hear what he has said, not only in the image that he has made them in his image, but also to hear what he said about the creation ordinances, about how to live in the garden and what to do next. As a matter of fact, the first problem arises when they don't reflect, when they don't explore and they don't apply what God's revealed to them. Uh, and that's really the question of the snake, isn't it? The question of the snake is, at the end of the day, a theological question. It's the question of, what did God really say? Did he really say this? Is that indeed what he said? You know, Or did he say something else? And how do you apply it into this situation around you? And so God is inviting us in Scripture to know him and to know the world that he's made and to know him in the world that he's made, to see the world in the context of who he is. But that's not the only reason. The Bible itself encourages us to organize uh, the teaching of it, the, the teaching of Scripture, into a way that is understandable. As a matter of fact, we find people throughout the Scripture reflecting on previous teachings and previous revelations from God and then 
um, organizing them. You know, Paul's letters in many ways are a great organization of the teaching of Scripture. He really touches on so much of what we find in the Old Testament, but he reorganizes it according to categories and and uh, you know, themes that were important to him and to his audience. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is also a reorganization of the Old Testament text in a way that is intelligible and understandable to the audience to whom he's speaking. And God's word invites us to organize it, to, to take a look at it, to um, make theological formulations, and to develop systems of thought. Uh, another reason why we should study theology is that God is personal, and therefore our theological study should reflect the person of the God who has revealed himself to us, right? This is uh, th this tells us something about the world around us and about ourselves uh, in particular, which is that we are created by a personal and a relational God. I remember our conversation that we had with Chris Watkin. You'll remember that from last year, Timo, where we talked to Chris Watkin and he was talking about uh, thinking through creation and looking at the Bible philosophically and how really radical or I shouldn't say radical, but how incredibly important um, this idea is that the ground of being is personal and relational, and that this helps us understand the world around us. And I actually, I think is, you know, for Christians, it gives us a rationale for why we like to do things like go hiking in mountains, because when we look at the mountains, we see a glory and a grandeur that speaks to more than just the rocks and the sky and the atmosphere, but actually speaks to the glory of God. It's a personal glory that we see when we look out at creation. And the same is true when we're studying God's Word. We're studying God's Word and we're reading not just, a, not just an ancient manuscript, but this is a, a message from our Creator, from our Savior, from our Lord, from our King, from the lover of our souls, our Redeemer, our friend, right? And so this is personal information. Theology is not just a, a, a cold inventory of propositions, but that this is actually relational, covenantal as we say, you know, particularly in biblical studies, it's a covenantal kind of knowledge. It's a personal knowledge. And so we study God because he's revealed himself to us in a way that helps us make sense of the world around us because he himself is personal and relational. And that actually kind of feeds into the next thing. You know, studying theology is, again, it's not, it's not really like studying math in the same way. It's not like studying biology in the same way because you really are studying um, a, a thing that you love a, a thing that with or, or, or a person with which you have a relationship and just as in your human relationships um, you you study or you explore the things that you love and I remember when I first saw my wife in college and uh, you know I remember the outfit she was wearing and I remember thinking wow I, I want to get to know her better. Right? I wanna, I'm suddenly interested in whatever this person has to say. Like I, I want to know what she's studying and I want to know what her favorite meal is. And, and suddenly I'm interested because I love her. And the same is true for God. Um, we, we love him and the outpouring of that love is that we want to know him. If someone said that they loved a person and then you ask them, so tell me what's the person's name or you know, what, what are their likes and their dislikes? What are their fears? And they said, oh, I don't know any of those things. I just love them. You'd say, well, I don't know if, if, if you mean by love the thing that I mean by love, right? And so if you love God, I think you, you're drawn to him inexplicably. 
You, you, want, you want to study. You want to study his ways. You want to know more about his character and what it means for you. And then I'll kind of end with this. You know, theological study does help us not only experience God in a deeper way, but it helps us worship him in a deeper and more expansive way. I, I think that as we grow in our knowledge of God and his work of redemption in our lives and the way in which um, he's made us and made the world around us, I think we can sing the Psalms and we can reflect on the hymns of the church and we can pray with the people of God and we can lament in a way that's much more deeply experienced and more engaging with the whole of the person because it's not something that we know superficially but it's actually something and someone who we know deeply so i found that i think i think theological study appropriately understood is going to really expand your experience and your worship of god as a christian and ultimately because what god has for us in store for us is to is to finish this work of redemption that he's begun in us Ultimately, I think studying theology is deeply humanizing. I think it makes us uh, lean in, right, to use, a, use another phrase. It helps us kind of lean in to what it means to be a redeemed image of God and to have a more whole and full experience of the God we love. So then is seminary the only place to do that? Yeah, or can that, people do it in other contexts? Right, and that is the question. Um, so why do you have to do this in a building with a lot of books and classrooms, right? Or can, can you do this elsewhere? Isn't there more of an organic expression of theology? And the answer has got to be absolutely. I mean, ultimately, this is the church studying theology is the work of the church. This is discipleship. This is growing in our knowledge and love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, growing in the knowledge and love of the Father you know, by the power of the Spirit, right? This is this is what it means to be a Christian in some ways. Um, however, with that said, th there is a kind of structured environment where that takes place. And as with anything, um, you, know, you can do this organically, and you should be doing this organically in your own Christian life, your own personal Christian walk and family worship and, and gathering together in the church. But there is these, a place for those who are called to study God's word in a more structured environment where it's more deliberately done and it's done at kind of an intensity and with an expertise that you may not find in some of those more organic places. Now that doesn't mean it's necessarily better. As a matter of fact, um, I've had some of, you know, kind of my most sort of profound theological realizations sitting in the pew in church or doing worship with my children at home, right? But what the seminary provides is a place where you can sit down with people who have really dedicated their lives to this work, have had the time, because that's what a lot of academics is really, people who have the time and the resources to actually study things deeply as a full-time job, right? And having those people accessible to you so that they can answer those questions because they've gone a little bit farther down the road perhaps of a line of thought than you have. Um, people who can sit down with the right resources, can point you to the right books, can point you to the right authors, the voices from the past, um, that can really help us develop uh, our understanding of God systematically, uh, biblically, practically, in all of these different areas of life. And so I found that what seminary is, in some ways it's kind of like a more high-octane uh, engagement 
with the revelation of God. But it in no way replaces or is it exclusive of those other experiences in life, those other areas in life where we're called to know God and to respond and worship Him and to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Thank you.